So the good news is if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are already taking the first step towards bettering your future. Welcome to your career revolution podcast, the place where you will learn how to reimagine and reclaim the life of your dreams. I am your host, Courtney Dykstra-House, joined by Tamara Loring, who is the Chief of Brand Ideology at The Entrepreneur Source, and Marissa Freus, the CEO at The Entrepreneur Source. Both women, they have a deep passion to see you, yes, you, the listener, live out your self-sufficient dreams. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. We're so excited. Oh, so I- excited to be here. Yes, I am excited too. Well, I want to park on this one really quickly. Uh, Tamara, your title is very unique, the Chief of Brand Ideology. What does this mean? I know, it's a crazy title, isn't it? (laughs) Imagine when our visionary and founder came to me and he said, hey, T, I want you to be in charge of ideology. I really had to take some time to reflect on what that even means Once I looked it up, it became clear to me, ideology is defined as a system of ideas and ideals. Um, I have seen how our philosophy and methodology has empowered hundreds upon thousands of people, and I've seen how it's given them clarity and a pathway to become self-sufficient. I know for me personally, it has shaped my worldview. Self-sufficiency and financial freedom is something that I absolutely obsess over. So I feel incredibly blessed and fortunate to have been entrusted to be the spokesperson for your career revolution, helping people reimagine and reclaim the life of their dreams. I love it. Honestly, I am not surprised that they gave you that title. Just from listening to you for 20 (laughs) seconds, I'm like, that is the title for Tamara. Well, for people who don't know what this podcast is, this podcast is based on the book, Your Career Revolution. And so over the next seven episodes, we are going to break down this book chapter by chapter. So if you want to get a copy of this book, I have a link to it in the show notes for you so you can follow along and And that way, by the end, you can start to experience that success and turn your dreams into a reality. So let's jump in. We know, Marissa, tomorrow, that the world has shifted dramatically, not just in the last 40 years, but the last four years. Heck, I mean, the last year. (laughs) And the result of that change is that people are starting to reconsider their careers altogether. And they're asking themselves that question, the question that we asked ourselves when we were children, what do I want to be when I grow up? And it was a lot easier for us to ask that question when we were kids, but it's a lot more unsettling for us to ask that question as adults. Why do you think that that is? Uh, Courtney, I'll take that one because you're absolutely right. It is very unsettling to ask ourselves that question uh, nowadays. At a high-level overview, I think professional adults, especially those that have been in corporate America for most of their lives, have a hard time asking themselves that question because it's almost admitting that they failed at something and therefore still haven't figured it out. And that is so not the case, by the way. But Also, I think the other reason it's so unsettling is because of what the answer may be for most that don't understand the possibilities available to them. They may think that answer is having to find something else in corporate America. And given how that's been going for most people nowadays, that is absolutely terrifying. 
Many feel today's jobs are really just a paycheck and one that doesn't even really cover the basic necessities of life. A really unfortunate statistic is that 7 out of 10 Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And so it's no wonder people are feeling like they're having to work harder and harder, but feeling like they're really not making a ton of progress there. Mm. You know, I, I find that to be so interesting because it can be <laughs> very discouraging, right? When we think of dreaming and we think of what we want to be when we grow up, it's something where the world is so expansive. But then as we get older, we feel like the world becomes smaller and smaller. And, yeah. and that's just not the case, right? Yeah. No, not at all. Oh, go and ahead. Courtney, if I, uh, I'm sorry, if I may add to that, you know, I think people are often stuck in an old paradigm. Um, they don't realize it, but we actually have these self-imposed or maybe even culturally shaped limiting beliefs. And so we are here today to remind people or tell people that it doesn't have to be true for you. You do not have to be limited by your past. I love Henry Ford's quote where it goes, you know, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, either way, you're right. So, um, you know, we're here to make a difference in people's lives. That's good. Well, because people aren't working the same job for 20 to 30 years, knowing that just our society as a whole has shifted so much dramatically with that, uh, they're beginning to ask themselves that question. As we said, what do we want to be when I grow up? And now they're being faced with something that you guys call in this book, job insecurity in this process. And so how does your career revolution come alongside somebody and help somebody who is maybe now facing that insecurity? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Today's job market is nothing, nothing like the previous generation's experience where people perhaps worked for the same company, you know, 20, 30, maybe even 40 years. And what they felt that they could count on is the security of a paycheck or amazing benefits. And um, in the long run, a pension plan that afforded them a similar standard of living that they had before retirement. But that reality for most people, no longer exists. So the, your career revolution or the career revolution began with the loss of job security. Every time the economy shifts, so many employees are you know, fearful that maybe it's going to be their turn, that they're going to be laid off or maybe right-sized, cap-sized, call it what you will. The bottom line is that there is no such a thing as job security. So if you feel like you lack control and you're not happy with, I would say, the trajectory of your career, um, or if you feel like your career path is no longer serving you or getting you to where you want to go, the Your Career Revolution is about realizing, first and foremost, that you are not alone. What did Marissa say before? You know, the statistic about so many people searching for something different. We know that three out of four employees are either unhappy and they are either loudly quitting or quietly quitting right now. So yes, they are revolting. There is absolutely a revolution brewing. Secondly, the Your Career Revolution is about giving yourself permission to hit the pause button and just take some time to reflect and do some soul searching so that you can reimagine and then reclaim the life of your dreams. Mm, that's beautiful. So knowing that there really isn't such a thing as job security, why is taking ownership of our career just so vital, so important? Oh, gosh, you know, because if you're working hard and you feel like you're getting nowhere and you're stuck on this hamster wheel, you're either going to work on somebody else's dreams 
or you have the opportunity to work on your own. Which one mm. do you prefer? Oh, say that again. That's good. Yeah, working on somebody else's dream or your own. You have a choice. Yes, that's good. I think that is such a beautiful testament to um, just owning owning your career and owning your life you, it's you have a choice that every single day that you wake up and you and you start working you're either continuing to work to master somebody else's dream or you're getting the opportunity to fuel and master your own dream. So I think that is so beautiful and very invigorating. All right, let's talk about this. This was very interesting in the book. There are two battered syndromes that you guys address. The battered career syndrome and then the battered investment syndrome. So let's park on the battered career syndrome. What is this? And then how can people even identify if they have this? Sure. Um, have you ever been in an unhappy job situation where maybe you even acknowledge the fact, but you don't know if it's even possible to escape? Or maybe you realize that something is wrong. You realize that there's a problem, but you figure I have bills to pay. Um, I'm in debt, you know. Um, I, so you basically feel trapped. Or maybe you're trying to fix it, but you're not really sure how. So what you're thinking is maybe if I give this role or my boss or this company or perhaps another company another chance that this time around it's going to be different. If you can relate to that feeling, um, what do they call it? The Monday morning blues where on a Sunday evening you start to get this pit in your stomach. You may be suffering from the battered career syndrome if you can identify. Mm, that's interesting. So if somebody's listening right now and they're like, uh-oh, that's me. The Sunday scaries as, as mm -hmm. what I see on social media. You know that you get the Sunday scaries. Uh, how can they get themselves out of this cycle, out of this syndrome? Yeah, you know, so I, I think most employees understand that things have changed. But the interesting thing is the behavior patterns, which are based on habits that they've developed maybe through years of working within the corporate and uh, corporate structure, um, or the habits and um, the thoughts remain on autopilot. So um, for many people, they perhaps rather deal with the devil they know than the devil they don't. So ultimately, I think it's fear preventing them from leaving their dreaded or their current comfort zone. So um, you're asking, you know, what can they do about it? I would say a practical first step is if you're thinking, gosh, there has to be a better way, realize that there probably is. So the good news is if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are already taking the first step towards bettering your future. That's so good. You know, we're going to talk a little bit. Well, actually, that's a lie. We're going to talk a lot a bit about fear because you guys mention it so much in the book. It's so important. So know that we're going to come back to that one. But I, I want to park also on the battered investment syndrome because these two things are connected, the battered career, the battered investment. So talk to me, uh, Marissa, how are these yeah. bridged together? Yep. So definitely bridged together. Battered investment syndrome, very similar scenario to what Tamara just discussed with the battered career syndrome, except this has to do with the rapid changes in the market. Many investors today are walking around dazed and confused, really feeling beaten down and uncertain about what just happened yet again in the market. And since many are passive investors, they feel like they really don't have control um, and feel victimized by the highs and lows of the economy, the stock market, inflation, interest rates, just to, just to name a few. Mm. So fear, mm. fear with all of these. I mean, there <laughs> we could have a whole episode, I feel like, on fear. <laughs> we could. Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah. So, but when it comes to making that career change, what are the consequences of us being dictated by our fears, letting our fears control us? Essentially, what are we giving up when we mm. surrender to our fears? Uh, unfortunately, a lot. But before I get into that, I think it's important we go back to fear. And I want to go over what our acronym is for fear. And that is false evidence appearing real. Change in, of, in and of itself for many people is a scary thing. And on top of that, there's so much unpredictability and lack of control in corporate America that people are literally feeling paralyzed by fear. So by allowing that false evidence to be real, here are some of the things that you're ultimately giving up. You're giving up more time with your family and loved ones, less time on the road commuting, doing more of the things that you love and enjoy, greater flexibility, uh, just to name a few. And those in and of itself are huge. So those are the potential things that you could be giving up. So for somebody who's listening, I mean, I have battled with fear with career for a long time, ladies. <laughs> I mean, this was something that really controlled me for the, the majority of my 20s um, and going into my 30s. And mm. so for somebody who, and I know people who are twice my age and who are dealing with fear in their career. One, it could be for reasons because they've, they're staying with the devil that they know, as you mm -hmm. mentioned, Tamara. Another is just being paralyzed, not knowing what to do. So how do you help somebody get out of, of fear? Like what is a good step or maybe a, a mantra or, or how do you encourage your, your clients as they're working through fear? Yeah. First and foremost, remember what Marissa said. What if you could think about fear as false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. So seeking the truth, finding out whether it's something that I believe to be true or whether it's really, really true. Ever do anything that is super scary? I know many people say, for instance, public speaking is super scary. And then when they do their first 30 second, one minute, whatever speech, they realize that, oh my gosh, I'm still alive. Actually, it's exhilarating. So, you know, um, um, doing something that is fearful doesn't mean that um, it's going to be wrong. It just means, you know, having the courage to face your fear and then doing it anyway. Um, we have a wonderful thing that we speak about in the book. We say, you know, rather than being frustrated, what if you can turn your frustration into fascination? Can you already see like frustration is anger, fascination evokes curiosity. And once you can do that, you'll soon realize that uncertainty and the unknown is actually where the opportunity lies. How, is mm. it, how exciting is that? So rather than retreating from it, you can work or walk towards it. It is about turning sand into pearls. You know what I mean by that, right, Courtney? Yes, yes. Yeah, so in the book, let, let me explain, you know, um, some think that, you know, if you have that discontent and you may feel like um, it's um, an irritation, think of it like a grain of sand inside an oyster. That persistent irritation isn't necessarily a bad thing. You would think it is, but it isn't because an oyster turns that irritating piece of sand into a precious pearl, right? In terms of your career, that constant irritation produced by the frustration about the job market or um, your passive investments, you can use that as motivation to look outside of what you already know so that you can learn about new things and greater possibilities for your future. 
You know, I think as you were saying that, this is something that we as a society, I know in American culture, we just want to be comfortable. And so we talk about that grain of sand inside of our shoe. It's we already instantly, if it's uncomfortable, then we associate it with it being bad because we always want to come back to this equilibrium of comfort. So how do people essentially live in the uncomfort, the discomfort rather? How do people live in the discomfort? Because you guys, you've chosen, there was a point in your careers, Tamara, Marissa, where you said, okay, this comfort, this discomfort is something that I am no longer associating with discomfort, but opportunity. So what does that look like as you're just consistently moving through this huge change in your career? Does it ever go away, essentially? Well, I think um, one of the things that makes me think of is our founder said to me many, many years ago, he said, Tamara, when you are too comfortable, that's actually when the red flag should go up because that means you're complacent. And when you're complacent, it actually means that you're no longer growing, but you're going backwards, right? So he said, you know, it may feel temporarily good, but that is a warning sign that you're slowly dying. So whenever I do something that scares the heck out of me, I constantly think, I'm like, oh my goodness, this must be good. I must be growing. But I also know that um, you know, um, otherwise I'd be living the definition of insanity because it would be my current comfort zone. And if I live in my current comfort zone, I'm going to get the results I've always gotten. And if I'm happy with that, okay, but most of us are yearning for something more. So I know that in order to break away from the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, I realize that I need to step out of my current comfort, comfort zone. Not only am I learning and experiencing new things, I may actually discover things that I really, really like and that are exciting, but also realize that I have the freedom and the opportunity to shape my own destiny. Yes, it's uncomfortable. But the other thing our founder would always say, right, Marissa, is it's only temporarily uncomfortable until you've expanded your comfort zone. So as your comfort zone expands and grows, you become more and more comfortable with the things that used to really, really scare, scare you. So, uh, you know, bottom line is I feel like now if you don't take personal responsibility to step out of your comfort zone constantly, you're actually outsourcing your future to someone else. Now mm. that is scary and that is really mm. uncomfortable for me. Wow. That is a good line. You mentioned this a couple minutes ago, but I, I want to circle back because it is important and it, it's unique. Uh, uncertainty why people should not actually run away from uncertainty. So for people that might have missed it in the way that you explained it before, can you just circle back and kind of put a bow on the importance of uncertainty? Yeah, so what I like to say is if things are uncertain, you can, your mindset, the way you look at it can frame whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Most people, when it's uncertain, they shy away from it, right? Because they don't know what their outcome is going to be and it's unpredictable. But my mindset is if it's uncertain, I can actually think that this is exciting and accelerating because that means I get to create new outcomes and things I haven't experienced before. So rather than... Um, um, being afraid of it, I actually walk towards it because I also know that this is where growth and op the opportunity lies. That's good. So we tend, we 
I've been guilty of this. Um, when our circumstances are not what we want them to be in our careers, we tend to blame corporate America, or we tend to blame our boss, or we tend to blame the government. I hear that a lot going on right now. So why is it, as people are changing their career destiny, if you will, why is it so important for them to take responsibility in this process? Yeah, because if you don't take responsibility, it's um, another mentor of mine said, you know, if you point the finger, you know, they're um, to someone else, they're actually three pointing back at you. So you have the responsibility to take charge of your future. So rather than feeling like a victim, if you don't like your current circumstances, then change something about it. Now, people like to blame and point fingers as to why they cannot do something, but those are really just excuses. And once you realize that you are blaming others, you're giving away your freedom and your power to shape your own future. Now, understand that sometimes it's hard to say, but how do I shape your future? Well, first and foremost, you're listening to this podcast, so you're listening to people who are like-minded, who have a growth mindset versus a scarcity mindset. Um, maybe pick up the book so that you can really think about your thinking. Um, in chapter two, I think Marissa is going to take us through some questions that can help you do some soul searching. But ultimately, don't give away your freedom and your ability because trust me, you may not see how yet but you have the opportunity to shape your future. That's good. And a lot of times the, the fingers that are pointing back, the reason I think also is based on fear, fear. We hide behind all of this to really say like, I'm just terrified. I am terrified to actually say me, me. I am the one that can actually change my future because then it rides on me. You know, the responsibility, you know, rides on me. But you're saying that that's a beautiful thing. It is. And you know what? Um, in future chapters, we'll talk about a few more F words that may be stealing your dreams. And no, Courtney, not the ones you're thinking about. But um, I, will, um, I won't spill my candy in the lobby quite yet. Um, we'll save that for another podcast. That means that people just have to keep tuning in. <laughs> That's right. right. So let's talk about this. Reflecting on your past versus letting go of your past. When I read this, I was like, this is very interesting because I really didn't differentiate the two, but there is a difference between the two. So talk to me about what those differences are and then ultimately how they relate to your future success. Yeah. So letting go of your past is kind of like um, forgetting about it, right? Pretending like it doesn't exist. And that's not what we're talking about. Most of us have transferable skills. We don't want you to forget about those. However, we need to realize that some of our old habits or some of our old winning ways may not always serve us in the future. They may actually be holding us back. So once we get, get it and realize that the formula that got us to our current situation will maybe not be the one to help us reach our vision for the future, um, then I think transformation can start occur. So once you start to transition to being self-sufficient, you're transitioning away from an employee mindset, which typically is a time and effort economy, right, to a 
results economy, where I take personal responsibility for my results. Now, for some people, this revelation may actually be crippling, right? Because when you go into a time and effort economy, you punch the clock, you have predictable, um, the, the future is pretty predictable. Um, when you move to a results economy, now you need to take you need to take personal responsibility for the outcome. So the exciting part is, how cool would it be if I could have more results with less time and effort versus having to punch the clock and, um, you know, adhere to somebody else's schedule for me? So um, there's good and bad with it. But once you can see how this can liberate you, it is absolutely freeing. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. Less time being able to do one, doing what you love, being able to use less time and getting better results. I mean, that's For just sure. like, duh, yeah. <laughs> that is a duh. So say somebody is like, duh, yes, that's exactly what I want. And I'm going to start this journey right now. And I'm going to go chase after my goals. What are some of the mistakes that you see people get themselves into along the way, whether that is with, you know, their goals with their income or goals with their lifestyle, goals with wealth, goals with equity. What does that look like? Hmm, Courtney, I could take that one. So first, I don't think people give themselves enough of an opportunity to even reflect on what they want their goals to look like. Like when was the last time you did that for yourself, right? So that in and of itself is step one. I think often we just get into the hamster wheel of life and forget to take time to dream bigger. But when and if people do that, they may not consider how those goals are truly going to serve their life's purpose. And that's really considering all four that you just uh, mentioned. So not just the income component. Oftentimes when people are thinking about their goals, I think it automatically goes to income. But what about the lifestyle and what about the wealth and equity as well? And making sure that your current situation is able to check off all four of those boxes because all four are just as important um, than if you were to look at one in and of itself. What do you feel like out of all those four is the hardest one for people to actually start setting goals with? And, and what are the biggest challenges? What I guess, what, let me ask this in a different way. Those four, what is the biggest hangup out of all those four that people face? I don't. I don't know if there's one specifically. I think it's really just considering all four as the goals that you want for your life. So I think sometimes people forget that that lifestyle, that wealth and equity is something that they should have control over and something that should be part of the goals they're looking at for their for their future. But I think because they feel like they don't have control over those things, especially in corporate America, you know, they're working for someone else. So that person is dictating what that's going to look like for them. They feel like they can't have an effect on it. So I really do think it's important to consider all four. And what do you want that to look like in your life? Because it is possible to control that for yourself. I love what you just said there, Marissa. And I think the other thing to add to it too, people think that they're mutually exclusive. Well, I, I would love to have more flexibility over my life, but you know, as long as I have a job and the income comes first and, and realizing they're not mutually exclusive, mm -hmm. you can have the income you desire and then some while having Absolutely. the lifestyle of your dreams and in the long term, build some wealth and equity, maybe even creating a legacy for you and your family. So yes, Definitely. you can have your cake and eat it too. Absolutely. And I like that cake. Give me a piece of that cake tomorrow, Marissa, please. Yeah. All right. So let's say somebody right now, I and I know somebody right now, they're listening and they're like, this is what I have been hoping for. And they are ready to go after their dreams of self-sufficiency. What is the next practical step for them? 
Well, Courtney, you said, you know, you're sure people can identify with that. We believe that 75% of the adult population has this burning desire to want to be self-sufficient. But guess what? Only 5% are ready, willing, and able to do something about that desire. 70% would love to do that, but they just don't know how to move forward. So I'm so excited that they tuned in today because I absolutely know that we can help. I used to be part of that 70%. So I'd say this is your call to adventure. But be willing, be willing to keep an open mind and learn about what's possible and have this childlike curiosity, especially when you think this is not true. This cannot be for me. Oh, yes, it can. Remember to remain curious. Put your preconceived notions and emotions to the side, because guess what? You are now entering the opportunity zone. And we have this really neat assessment. We call it the possibilities Options and Dreams Assessment, or for short, when you go to our website, you'll see it's called the Pod Assessment for short. Take it to see whether you are living your best life and tapping into your possibilities, your options, and your dreams. I love that. You're entering the opportunity zone. I <laughs> like that line. That's so good. Well, for people that want a little more context on that assessment, this is a very fun five-minute exercise that will show you whether you are living your best life and tapping into your possibilities, your options, and your dreams. All you got to do is just go to theentrepreneursource.com forward slash POD worksheet. I will say that one more time, entrepreneursource.com forward slash POD worksheet. Do not worry. This is in the show notes if you missed it. But uh, ladies, thank you both so much for joining me today and for sharing your knowledge. I have already been changed and I know a lot of listeners right now have already uh, been Thank too. you so much. This was so fun. I'm looking forward to future episodes. Likewise. Thank you so much, Marissa. Thank you so much, Courtney. This was a blast. Absolutely. All right, listeners, you heard it right here. You can change your destiny one episode at a time. So make sure to join us for the next six remaining episodes. Don't go anywhere because we've got a lot of content headed your way. And remember, keep an open mind and always remember what is possible. We'll see you next time. <laughs>